Well, it's been wonderful over the last couple of weeks. I've had a chance to reunite with uh, Ellie Kleiman, who's been an amazing leader in our community for many, many years. So I'm at a couple of different events, including last night, the one we spoke about uh, with Investors Bank and Beaker Holem. And he told me um, a couple of weeks back about this unbelievable project that he has undertaken and that is literally going to be off the ground uh, 10 days from now. And I think it is such an exemplary project, one that the Frum community especially, I think everybody in the Jewish world, but especially those who are um, ritually, uh, uh, um, how do I put it, ritually observant, I think we'll find it even more uh, fascinating and intriguing. And he's here to discuss this with us live via telephone. He's founder and president of the Amudesh Memorial Museum, the Kleiman Holocaust Education Center. Ellie Kleiman, welcome back to JM in the AM. Good morning, Nachum. It's so good to be back talking to you. I appreciate that, and this project you have is amazing. Let's start for a moment before we talk about what you're doing next week. Just give us a general overview of the Kleiman Holocaust Education Center and how that effort, which we spoke about years ago, how it's been going over the last few years. Okay, so actually it's called the Amudesh Memorial Museum, right? Um, and we have an education component within the museum, mm. and we are currently in a temporary location in Mill Basin, Brooklyn, um, but it's operating as a full-blown museum just for school children from uh, grade 7 through 12. Wow. Over the last close to four years, not quite four years, we've had over 40,000 kids, school kids coming through. Um, they come in large school groups on a regular basis during, these, during a scheduled uh, school year, um, and they come in for a day at a time where we have, uh, we have workshops, lectures, there's an exhibit area, uh, and what we are doing is teaching them the Holocaust from a faith-based from perspective, right. which has been largely overlooked by all the primary Holocaust venues in the world. What we're looking at, or what we're trying to teach them, is, first of all, about the rich history of European Jewry, which started a thousand years ago. You have all the communities that were developed, um, the Hasidic communities, the yeshiva world, and they were destroyed. I mean, that was the objective of Hitler, mm-hmm. to destroy them, and many of those communities were destroyed, as we know. And it's, it's learning about the previous generations, about the grandparents, great-grandparents, etc., and what those communities were about before the war, what they went through in the Holocaust, and, of course, the miracle of the rebirth and the rebuilding of Klal Yisrael after that devastation. The, um, uh, first of all, I admire how diplomatically you've put it, uh, but essentially uh, you, you realized that there was a need uh, for, for Holocaust education from the perspective that you just mentioned for that age group, 7th through 12th grades. And with the numbers that you're getting, it's obvious that a lot of schools and a lot of programs out there are taking advantage of what you're providing. Absolutely. And we do hope uh, one day to establish a permanent location. We're working on something in, in Manhattan wow. uh, where it can be a full, large, large-sized, full-scale uh, museum. But to give you an example of the necessity of, of Holocaust education today, and to know what happened 75 years ago, 80 years ago. Um, my staff was telling me that they had a school group last year from Muncie. It's just one example, mm-hmm. uh, high school girls. And the standard question that the lecturer gives during the course of the lecture is how many Jews were, held, were killed in the Holocaust. Right. 
young lady raises her hand and says, 3,000. So that's kind of scary right. to know that not that many years ago and that, that this generation was almost destroyed and that our current uh, generations just are not connected and they don't know. There's an absolute necessity um, for them to understand what happened, especially in this crazy world that we've got today, this world which is rife with anti-Semitism that is re-emerging in a very, very big and dangerous way. Yeah, and it's usually the enemy uh, that's uh, quoting a number 3,000 or one even much lower than that. Uh, well, your point is well taken, and you, uh, you know obviously this audience uh, certainly agrees with you. It is a, a noble effort and a wonderful one, and I'm so glad it's getting such a good reaction. Ellie Kleiman is with us live via telephone. Amud Aish. Memorial Museum. Now, what you told me and what's really happening next week, which you'll describe, is you've wanted to, it seems, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but you'll tell us, uh, you've wanted to take this concept that you just described and bring it to one of the most high-profile World War II areas in the entire world. Uh, Explain what's happening next week in Europe. When you say the word Auschwitz or Auschwitz-Birkenau, the picture that everybody gets, that's the representation of the concentration camps. Mm Mm-hmm during the war. That's the iconic symbol of concentration camps. And for the first time in the history of Auschwitz, the Auschwitz Memorial State Museum is allowing an outside organization, which is us, a Mureish Memorial Museum, to open an exhibit on the grounds of the concentration camp. It's an exterior exhibit um, of 18 living from Jewish survivors that um, it's, it, the way it was designed, it's like a stainless steel bridge, so to speak. Um, it's on the outside, right on the side of the entrance as you come into Auschwitz. And you walk down this, this, this bridge, this path. It's not high up. It's on the ground, stainless steel. And you have these large poster-sized photographs of each of these survivors mm-hmm. encased in glass. And there's a quote from them based on interviews that were conducted of them which states how they were able to get through that death world of Auschwitz with their Betachen and Amuna and with Messiris Nefesh, how all those things were kept intact, and how, in fact, their faith was what got them through. And that's a lesson that we can all learn, that in the most difficult time, in the worst condition that a human can endure, that they still remember that HaKadosh Baruch Hu will get them through if they only have that resilience and that drive in them to try. It's an incredible message and such an important one, and one, as you said, has never been emphasized before in such a public forum. Ellie, a couple of details. First of all, it will be available there from when to when? For how many months will it be actually at the site of Auschwitz? The actual opening of the exhibit is going to be Monday, July 1st, and it will be there in place for a year and a half. As we go into 2020, 2020, is the 75th anniversary of the liberation of Auschwitz. And just so you understand how this came about, very briefly, for the last number of years, Amudesh has been sending um, uh, teachers, lecturers, to Auschwitz for uh, a few weeks, uh, usually December time, uh, to teach the guides and docents in Auschwitz how to conduct a tour, a religious tour of Auschwitz. And that's how it came about. Um, And... The concept developer of, of the exhibit is our chief curator, Dr. Henry Lustiger-Toller, and he engaged Carol Englander, who's a world-renowned photographer, sure. uh, chair, chairwoman of the International Center for Photography in New York, and they traveled around the world to interview and photograph the survivors, and then they engaged um, a world-famous architect, Daniel Liebeskind, 
Uh, he's the master architect of the rebuilding of the World Financial Center, as well as the um, museum, Jewish Museum in Berlin, and many, many, many iconic and, and important structures around the world. Daniel designed the exhibit, and it is, it is an unbelievable, magnificent uh, testimony to resilience and to faith, um, and also to the memories of those who perished. You know, I, you basically went with A1 talent in every area of this, which is... <laughs> Frankly, befitting uh, you know the memory of those who uh, who were lost. You know, you you literally went to the experts in each field to participate in, in this effort. And, and, I, then, and, and I and, and I and then I, it travels. It goes after the year and a half in Auschwitz. Um, it's going to be disassembled. It's going to be going to Russia first, then Israel throughout the United States, and then to Canada. We expect this to be on the road for, for a number of years. Uh, I hate to be that guy, but I'm just too curious not to ask: Is it hard to get this? to be accepted by those who are, I guess we'd say, in charge of the memorial at Auschwitz? Is it, is it, was it a difficult negotiation to have them agree that this be there for 18 months? No, it was not, because we have that relationship that we've developed with them over the years. Um, they have a lot of respect for what we're, we're doing. They have an understanding for what we're doing and accomplishing, and it's something different that's just not present. Right, it's not done anymore. And, um, so, you know, we, we got it done. It took time, obviously. There's a lot of legalities, a lot of discussion, even just about uh, erecting the memorial, because the, the exhibit, because you really can't knock things into the ground over there. So right. there was all kinds of uh, challenges that we had to get over, but we got it. And uh, the other thing, and you know how important this is to me, and I, I'd lo- love for you to help me emphasize this, uh, this effort, which is all about faith, as you described, uh, is being undertaken uh, not only by you, but the, the team you've put together and the talent you've put together from all types of Jewish backgrounds. Would that be accurate to say that people... That is very accurate. People of all... I mean, you, you are united from the most ritually observant to those who are, call them what you wish, you know, dedicated you know, Jewish, period, Jewish people in spirit or whatever term people like to use. Spiritual. And, and, right, spiritual. And, and all the way in between, and everyone in between, I should say. You, you have developed a team and a relationship with people who have one goal, and that is to emphasize the faith-based um, uh, aspect uh, to, the, to the Holocaust and the Holocaust survival. And I think it's important to point out, I mean, I can only imagine how unifying this whole effort felt to you along the way. That's, you got it. You're right on the mark. First of all, our, our staff at the museum is diversified. We have Hasidish, we have Yeshivish, we have all kinds of people that are working for us. Secondly, the, um, it, you can see the pictures of the school groups that have come through from, from, from Hasidic to the most modern um, Orthodox and uh, all kinds of, of groups from, from the, the uh, metropolitan area. In addition, there's an annual school contest, Nachum, uh, which uh, is available to schools around the country, and it's posted on the web. And two years ago, we had one of the winners from uh, the West Coast was a public school non-Jewish child um, who who saw this and said, I want to enter, and actually won one of the prizes. Wow, very nice. So, so it's, it's, it's very accurate that this is open to anybody, and... This is this is the most basic, important education that uh, that a Jewish child should have right now. Will all the participants, uh, all the talented people, and the supporters, will they all be with you July first there at Auschwitz? We have a crowd of about 120 people. We wow. expect to be there. Um, again, all kinds of people that are coming to participate. We're doing an actual trip, which is starting on uh, Thursday, June 27th. We'll be going through Poland, um, through through Warsaw. 
um, going through several cities. We're going to be uh, going to um, uh, Lezhensk. We're going to do a lot of Lublin, a lot of the important stops in Poland over the course of Thursday and Friday. And we're spending Shabbos in Krakow. Um, and then we have tours of Benjin, which was another uh, important Jewish town in Poland. Uh, that's on Sunday. And then Monday is a special tour in Auschwitz itself for the group and the ceremony at 5 p.m. Then we return to Krakow for a closing dinner. Everybody will be leaving Tuesday morning. Yeah. We expect a nice crowd, an important crowd of people coming from all over. Um, and, of course, if, you know, if anybody's still interested, I can uh, yeah, give sure. basic information. Sure. Um, all you have to do is um, go to amudh.org and uh, click on the link for the Poland trip 2019, or call the uh, Amur office at 718-759-6200, extension 1504, and one of our staff will pick up and be happy to give information. Informa- and by the way, folks, you should know that I told Ellie, if not for my uh, schedule on the 1st of July, this was a trip that I actually considered when, when meeting him and hearing about this being there, uh, with him, this is unique. Uh, just when you know the cynics out there might say, "Oh, another memorial," "Oh, another," uh, you know, uh, another uh, concept having to do with the Holocaust. This is one uh, that has really never been done before, and certainly has never been exhibited in the fashion that Ellie has made sure this is going to be exhibited both at Auschwitz and then around the world afterwards. Uh, information about the trip, if you want to join, again, it leaves one week from today, but uh, these days people pick up at the last minute and go on missions right. like this. Uh, it's uh, amudh.org. Amudh.org, there's information about the June 2019 trip, plus you could dial 718-759-6200, 718-759-6200. extension 1504, and uh, get information that way as well. Well, Ali Kolakavod, I, uh, like I said to you when I saw you, I thought this was something uh, noteworthy and something that uh, even, as you said, 75, 80 years later, uh, something important uh, in, the, uh, in the arena of Holocaust memorial and exhibits that uh, demonstrate what went on uh, during World War II. So Kolakavod, and I hope that the trip, which uh, you're going to be leaving on, a week from today is a great success and and really a big Kiddush Hashem. I think there's a tremendous element and potential for Kiddush Hashem uh, within this exhibit, and I'm sure you feel that as well. Absolutely. Thank you, Ellie, and good luck. Thank you, Nachum. Ellie Kleiman is founder and president of the Amudesh Memorial Museum. As you heard, he leaves a week from today with a very distinguished group of over 100 people um, for this, um, what will be on Monday, July 1st, the uh, inaugural uh, the dedication of the uh, a special exhibit, faith-based exhibit of Holocaust um, memorial and Holocaust survival uh, at Auschwitz. And that will, uh, after a year and a half, will uh, actually travel as an exhibit, become a traveling exhibit around the world, all part of the Amud Asia Memorial Museum effort to uh, continue to educate people from a unique and faith-based perspective about the Holocaust. Call it a vote to Ellie Kleiman and his team. 16 minutes before 9 o'clock on this Thursday morning edition of JM in the AM.